It's the Hedonistic Way podcast. It's a way of life. It tastes like freedom. It's the most divine microcosm. Mind blowing. It's a revolution. Heart wide open. Liberated love. It's liberated love. Conscious conversations. Conscious conversations. The exhilarated expansion of self. Sacred sexuality. Call it whatever you like. All I know. Is it, is it feels, feels amazing. amazing? It's the most decadent way. It's the most decadent way to live life. Hello and welcome to the Hedonistic Way Show. I am Renee Main, and we are kicking off a brand new season. It has a fresh vibe, a new energy. So stick around because I promise you. This show is going to blow your mind wide open, turn you on and show you how to make love to God and suck the marrow out of life. So get comfy. You are exactly where you are meant to be. You are going to receive some mental stimulation, some heart stimulation and have eros coursing through your veins. You will experience an in-body and out-of-body experience. For many of you, this energy, this being, this way of life will be your last dragon to slay. And you'll realize that this quest that you've been on and yearning for was actually the quest for Eros. And understanding who you are, how to become a submissive to the universe and a dominatrix in your life. I promise you, your world is about to look very different. It's about to feel very different. So let's rewind a little bit now and let's speak to Eros. What is eros? What does it mean? Where does it come from? This word gets thrown around in the sensuality and sexuality space. But let's just go back even full, even even further and understand the actual origin of it and the meaning because I feel like this is a thread that often gets overlooked and forgotten and ignored when actually it is so symbolic and really is the foundation of our journey with love, our journey to our pleasure and our sexuality, but also being hedonistic, holy and human. So we can't venture into sacred sexuality, to cosmic kink, to any sort of personal development or spirituality without understanding Eros. So Eros was the God of love. He was the son to Aphrodite. 
For some of you may know him as the God of love. Others may know him as Cupid. Either way, whether we lean on Greek mythology or Roman mythology, everyone has heard of Eros, whether it be the God of Eros or Cupid. The God of Eros was the God of love. Now, Eros fell in love with Psyche. Psyche betrayed Eros. Eventually, Eros forgave Psyche and they married. So, this is hugely and wildly symbolic. If you look at it through the eyes of Eros, means love. Love marries Psyche, the mind. And once they married, what a lot of people don't know for as you know as famous and well known as Eros is or Aphrodite his mother was and Psyche not many people know that they birthed a child and when they birthed the child they had a daughter who was the goddess of pleasure her name Voluptuous. So when you really look at that through the eyes of symbolism, Eros marries Psyche and they birth pleasure. Love marries the mind and they birth pleasure. The word erotic was derived from the word eros. So the common understanding of how we or what we think erotic is, is very different to what it actually is because it was derived from the word eros. Eros was the god of love. So the fact that it has been so distorted into what it means today is very, very different to its origin. Because when we understand that, when love marries the mind, we birth pleasure. And we can feel voluptuous in that. We can feel rich and nourished and wholesome in that. Because Eros doesn't lie. Eros doesn't perform or pretend. Eros welcomes 
all that we are. Eros is the marriage of my psyche and the birth of my pleasure and it saved my life. You see, before that, I was a hungry ghost with an insatiable appetite, always wanting more. Although you would never have known it. I had a huge smile on my face. I was in love. I've got two beautiful kids, the house, the business. I was happy. Genuinely happy. But I also had this thirsty and hungry version of success that I had conjured up in my mind. I was so hungry, so thirsty for this version of success that I had conjured up in my mind that nothing was ever enough. I'd travel the world, made money, been what society would have called successful, did call successful. I had healed the cycle of abuse that I had endured for years. Survived floods and so much more. I'm no stranger to being put through the ringer. The layers of my humanness has been as infinite as my soul. Though feeling content and alive in life and having pleasure course through my veins was foreign and I was fading fast, I had nothing. I realized I'd abandoned myself all in the name of spirituality. I'd forgotten why, am I, why I'm actually here. I'd opted into every narrative that made me feel like I was competing in the spiritual Olympics every day. As if all of these things had more power over me. I don't think that we can be fully awakened until we meet our Eros. Otherwise, we're just feeding this machine, succumbing to rules and the latest fad of the commodity that spirituality has become. Understanding our sacred kink and meeting your intuitive dominatrix is opting out of the matrix, the rules and the machine. It's playing with and becoming the power dynamic, the power dynamics in the most holy and human way. And it's firmly rooted in benevolence and trust. You see, kink is a navigation system. We all have a power and a false power. Every single thing on this planet has a power and a false power. Every single person on the planet has a kink profile. And the kink is the window into who we really are and how we show up in life. We can't understand the intuitive dominatrix until we understand kink. Which really means we can't fully step into our power and give ourselves full permission 
and feel pleasure until we understand kink. God made us perfect, but he also made us kinky as fuck. We are literally wired to be kinky. Our brain cells responsible for our emotions is nestled right next to our sexual response. The neurotransmitters that release the exact same endorphins and serotonin are the exact same for pain and pleasure. We are literally wired to be kinky. Kinks are formed and based on nature and nurture. Fear, taboo, arousal. They can be formed after one significant event or slowly over time. We can look at kinks sexually and that can be Super fun to do. But I also invite you to open up and look at it through the window of life, remembering that it's just a peep show into your reality. How we do one thing is how we do everything. When you understand who you are sexually, you understand who you are as a person and how you show up in life. You understand your power and your false power. We all have so many different kinks. We don't just have one kink. We have several of them. We have entire kink profiles. And the point of understanding our kink is to not get sucked into another profile that labels us and puts us into a box. Instead, We use it to unsubscribe and destroy the box. It will end all of the pursuits and alter your aliveness and your connection to God. Where you do, we do that by becoming the dominatrix of your life and a submissive to the universe. And we take the time to meet, integrate and embody these kinks becomes invaluable to us sucking the marrow out of life, to feeling truly empowered and liberated, to have sacred, intimate relationships. So let this be the beginning of your journey. Because the intuitive dominatrix is about deep intimacy with self, to be fully expressed, to worship self and others, to feel the current of Eros always, to own who you really are, to own your lineage, to own your past, your traumas, your desires, all of it. So stick around because next week I will share with you more about what these kinks mean and represent in your life. See you next week. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to this epic conversation. I'm Renee Main and I'm over and out for now. 